Anyway, I, I, I love going into the new year. Um, I just love that, that time of, of year. I love um, just how God transitions. And, and I don't get caught up in like new year resolutions and all that. I just, I like the idea of the fresh start. And I had preached about that a couple weeks ago, about the fresh start. And I know every day with God is a fresh start. And that's the cool thing about grace and his mercy and his love is every day I wake up, every day I go to sleep, every minute is a fresh start with God. So, you know, we can mess up and we can, we can kind of just, you know, just be idiots sometimes, right? And, uh, but God, he just still keeps loving us. He just, it says nothing will ever separate us from his love. And I just, I love the thought of that. I love knowing him as dad. I love knowing him as friend. And I love knowing him as savior. All of that. He's all encompassing. So going into this new year, I just kind of want to talk about what it means. In 2014, we talked about it being a year of transition, a year of foundation, a year of investment, and a year going from convenient relationships with each other to covenant relationships. So we saw that take place. We saw that take form, and we saw that. The funny thing is we didn't see too many results from that, all right? So when you're investing in community and investing in a culture, a lot of times it takes time to see the results of it. All right, because as you're building the foundation of the house, you can't build up until that foundation's strong. So we just called last year a foundational year. And you know, I'm ready to see results. I'm ready to see these things. I'm ready to see, you know, two, three services full, all this stuff, right? And, uh, and, and just explosion everywhere, right? My finances overflowing, all this cool stuff. Well, here's the funny thing. We didn't see too many results, but I just believe that this year's word is that we will be reaping what we sowed last year. Yes. That this will be the year of results in your personal lives, in your homes, and then also in, our, in the ministry here at Upper Room and what we're going to be in the city. Because we really have to define a culture within us before we can go on the outside. You know, we really, revival starts in my home, to be honest with you. And first my marriage, then, then with my kids and my home, then it trickles out to the people closest to me and then the church. And then once the church grabs this culture of honor, this culture of freedom, the culture of just loving Jesus, being loved by him, then we can go out and demonstrate that to the people on the outside, right? Because we want every, no one to be an outsider. Amen? We don't want there to be any outsiders. We want everybody to feel the love of Jesus. The mission statement of, of Upper Room is to reveal the goodness of God to everyone, everywhere. So, but it starts within us. So I just feel like transition. I'm just talking about the year and where we were, where we're going. That's what today's message is about. And then I'm going to preach on dreaming. I love dreaming. So anyway, so 2015, I feel as if it's a year of results. It's a year of just laying back and, and resting, but knowing when to go from a place of rest. Being full of joy. Being, I believe it's going to be a year of optimism. A year of joy to where no matter what, we're going to count trials joy. All right, I, I can't stand here and say we're not going to have any trials. It's going to be a perfect year, and it's only going to be favor. I can't sit here and say that, all right, because I know that there's trials. I know there's circumstances. I know that not every day that we walk through is, is going to be this amazing, fun, great day. How many agree with that? But I know this, that he promises grace is sufficient for all needs, so he covers us, and he provides us with what we need to get through it, all right? And so here we are, and we're going into this year. So uh, some verses that came to mind is Matthew 6, 33 and 34. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. As we go into to verse 34, it says, Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things, sufficient for the day and its own trouble. So here we go. We, we've been worrying, and I believe like we've even done some weeping. 
And, and I just believe that this 2015 is going to be a season of reaping, where we go from warfare to joyfare. So another, another verse that comes to mind is, is 2 Timothy 1.7, where it says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. And I just speak that over us for 2015. Individually, spiritually, emotionally, corporately. I just speak those things because, you know, he didn't give us a spirit of timidity. And Matt talked about going through the door with authority last week. And he preached on that really great message. And, and when he said, you know, we're not here to be passive, that verse came to my mind. We're not, you know, it says we're not here with a spirit of fear. Or, or another version says timidity. We're not timid. We have the authority to have in 2015 and every day of, of the kingdom life, power, love, and a sound mind. With that comes peace. It comes joy. It comes patience. It comes the fruits of the spirit, right? So, so here's some things that I got for 15. So I looked up the meaning of the, of the number 15. And, and going back to some Greek and Hebrew stuff, I found out the meaning was that 15 was half the portion of divine service, which is 30, the spiritual number of a mature priest or shepherd. Okay? So that's 15. 15 means half the portion. You put a 2 in front of it, or 2015, you now double it. So now you have the place of 30, and now you have a place of maturity. So I believe it's going to be a year of maturity and a year of coming into the royal priesthood, coming into the shepherd, which is stewarding what we have, making it better and handling it well. Amen? So as we go into this year, I believe this. I believe it's going to be a year of discipline. And some of us are like, oh, discipline. I hate discipline. Yeah, me too. I really do. I hate discipline. All right? Especially coming into sonship and knowing what grace is, knowing what freedom and love is. But we can't discount what discipline means in our lives. You know, the Bible says, if you love me, then you will obey my commands. Then you will. So it's an if and then statement. And how many any computer programmers in here? All right? There's these if then statements in C++. And, and I tell you what, you can write your name and it's like this much of code to just get your name out. It's the most ridiculous class I ever took in college. It was horrible. I, I just, I pray favor over you, grace, and patience. I could never do that job. So thankful there's people that can. Uh, but anyway, so if you love me, then you obey my commands is what it says. So going into this year, I just believe, and I was, how many are on Instagram? Any Instagram people here? Pretty much anybody under 30 maybe might be on Instagram. I just want to read something to you. Um, Jeremy Riddle, he's a Christian artist and a singer, songwriter, and really good. He, he wrote this, and he said this. He says, I've decided that I want 2015 to be the year I grow in more discipline. I realize this not, does not sound very fun or glamorous, but it's not that I love discipline for discipline's sake. I love the fruit of discipline. There are levels of intimacy with God and with people that won't happen without discipline. There are songs and books that won't be birthed apart from it. Stewardship is essentially discipline intentionality with the things you've been entrusted with. I have a very full plate of those things, and I want to steward well. So here's to the year of discipline. That grabbed my attention, and I loved it. And I just, I want to be a part of that because Nicole and I had already spoke that we want a year of encounters going deeper with God and a year of intimacy with Him. A year of just kind of blowing my mind kind of stuff, right? How many are with me with that? So, so a year of discipline, I feel, will get me there because it, how many know it's, it's hard to wake up in the morning and exercise? It's hard. I, I can't stand it. All right? I, I like running as much as I like having the plague or something. All right? I can't stand running. 
But when I get off that treadmill or I get back and I'm, I'm cooling down, I feel so much better. When I work out, when I eat healthy, when I do things, when I read my Bible, when I pursue God, when I get done, I feel so much better. So it's not that I love discipline. I love the fruit of discipline. I just want to point out two scriptures, then we'll move on. Hebrews 12, 11 says this. And by the way, discipline not only means punishment and control, but it also means self-control. And that's where I'm really focusing. Self-control to put God, to seek Him first, and then everything will be added. Matthew 6.33 is your verse for this year. Alright, so anyway, discipline. No discipline. Hebrews 12.11. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest, or one version says fruit, of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. Another verse, Proverbs 12.1. Whoever loves discipline loves knowledge. But whoever hates correction is stupid. Now that's pretty harsh. We don't, we're not even allowed to use the word stupid in our house. All right, That's like a cuss word in our house. We don't use it. As a matter of fact, Nicole and I will slip and say, say that or some other slang word. And our kids will be like, Daddy cussed! Daddy's cussing! So I'm like always fearful. Like Our kids are going to be here or out in public be like, Yeah, my dad, Pastor Aaron, he, he cusses all the time. He says stupid crap. You know, I'm like, oh man, you know, so I got to be careful. Uh, but anyway, that's, that's harsh. Um, to, to hate correction is stupid. So how many are, are okay? How many are here for a year of discipline? Here's what I believe. I believe that 2015 is a year of breakthrough. It's going to be a year of acceleration and momentum, a year of reaping what we've sown, a year where, where we've even done some weeping, but it's turning to reaping. All right, a year of positivity and abundance, momentum and dreaming, and a year where dreams are actually going to be coming true. That's just, that's what I, that's what I feel. It's what I feel, all right, and I'm just going to hold on to that every day. I'm going to read this. I'm going to quote it. This is a year of breakthrough. This is a year of positivity. This is going to be a good day. How many believe that? Yes. Last year, we did something different. Every year for the last eight or nine years, we've done 21 days of fasting. And last year, we kind of said, you know what? It just feels like we're in a routine. It's monotonous. We don't want to keep doing just the same thing we've always done because we've always done it. So we said, this is a year that my body's a temple. All right? And you see the things in the, the, the bathrooms. You see the scales because your body's a temple. And we were trying to promote that. But this year, I just want to challenge you to do 21 days with me, starting tomorrow or whenever you can. And just let's start you off with some discipline. I believe that there is still importance in fasting and prayer. And there's some things that are only broken through prayer and fasting, what the Bible says. And it says, it talks about, is this not the, the fast that you've chose? And it talks about breaking chains of bondage, breaking yokes and setting people free. So if you want to join me, I'm going to start tomorrow, 21 days of fasting, whatever that looks like for you. Don't advertise it. It's supposed to be done in secret. If it's food, if it's media, um, you know, some of you young people, you might be harder fasting social media than you are food. So I challenge you to do whatever might just press in to just a little bit of materialism for you, a little bit of uh, carnality, and let's settle our flesh and let's get disciplined and let's, let's seek first the kingdom of God, his righteousness, and let's let all of his things be added to us this year. Are you with me? All right, let's preach our dreaming. It felt like I took one giant breath just now and breathed it all out. Got all that out. Now I get to preach about something fun, something I want to preach about. I'm a dreamer. I always have been. I've always been a dreamer. I've always thought there's more than what I have. I've always looked at the world to say this is an opportunity. All right? I've always been that way. I'm an optimist. 
and I'm a dreamer. And, and if somebody tells me I can't do it, I'm going to do it. All right? I, I, was, I was the littlest lineman that Tip City had the year I played football. I was the smallest. I was a buck 85, and I had guys next to me that were 300 pounds, 260, 320, all right? And, and, and somebody said, you're too small to be a lineman. I did it because they said I couldn't. All right, and it goes on and on. If somebody says I can't do it, I'm going to do it. You can't do that. And I just, there's some fun things like, I just want to always discover new things. Is anybody like that? You're, you're just, you're, you're out for the voyage. You're out for the adventure. And there was one time that Matt and I, we, were, we had a mixed martial arts group here in the church. Some of you were a part of it. Um, it was a long time ago. But anyway, we would grapple. And, uh, and we would go to a detention center who let us have a mat there and a gym. And we would go in. There's about 12 of us. And... We would roll on the floor, get some exercise, and, uh, and sweat on each other, and then even sometimes hurt each other. So I had never passed out. I've never passed out. So we're talking about these chokeholds, and you know we'd always tap before we get too serious. So Matt and I are hunting with Dad one year, and this is about that time period. And I was like, "Hey, I, let, let's do this. Choke me out, Matt. Let's, I want to see what this feels like. All right." So he's like, "All right." You know, and guys, when you're in a room, it's only guys, and there's no women holding you accountable and bringing wisdom into that room. Like the Bible says, there's some stupid things that can happen. All right? So he gets me in a lock, and I'm like, I'm not tapping out. And all of a sudden, I was like... I was like a fainting goat. All right? And, and what was crazy is, I, I knew everything that was going around. I could hear it. I, could, I was totally aware of it, but I was stuck. I was like, and I could hear it, and it was all like echoing. And then all of a sudden, I felt the blood come back, and I was like, whew, whoa. So anyway, I, I'm adventurous. I want to feel what things feel like. I'm on the search for the best tasting coffee there is, all right? I went on the search for the best cinnamon rolls in Ohio. Chloe and I, we drove around an entire day, all of Ohio, looking for the best cinnamon rolls. This is, this is the kind of guy I am. I've bungee jumped. All right, I'm scheduling skydiving this year. I love adrenaline. I love adventure. I love trying new things. I love going new places. Nicole and I, on our honeymoon, we went to Mexico, all right? And we went on the public bus. We're like, let's see what this is like, all right? Puerto Vallarta, it was an hour and a half drive. It was an hour taxi ride. It became a four-hour bus ride, all right? We got all of our luggage. We're like, let's do the public bus. We just lost four hours of our honeymoon. We'll never get back. So anyway, there's, there's these things. We went to St. Lucia. We rented a car, and I drove on the right side of the road and about got hit 17 times, but it was a lot of fun. Nick knows what I'm talking about. Anyway, I'm adventurous. I'm a dreamer. And I believe this, when I meet with guys, and they seem kind of hopeless, and they seem kind of down, and I met with Aaron a couple months ago, I get them dreaming again. Because there is something, there is a key that unlocks faith and hope when you're dreaming. There is a key that God unlocks and he uses dreams to unlock faith, hope, and life in dreams. And if I could just dream that one day, not even one day, just dream about having a, 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 a Lamborghini. I'm going to be realistic. If I had $700,000, I wouldn't buy a Lamborghini. But I love dreaming about it. I love dreaming that, hey, well, I see I could rent one for $300 for a couple hours. Now that might be within reach of me. I want to drive a Lamborghini. I want to go to Bora Bora the Four Seasons. I love dreaming about these things, not to be materialistic, to keep me alive. I want to dream about a church of a thousand people. I don't preach to 250, I preach to a thousand. See, I don't preach, and, and I, you know, we've, like, 
when Matt and Dad, they meet with me, they're like, okay, we can't vision that yet. We're here. Okay, we can't figure out what we're going to do with the other five acres. Me, I'm already on it. I'm like, sanctuary, youth center, kids wing with a playground inside. You know, that's, I'm a dreamer. I'm dreaming these things. And if you're around me, you're going to know that. Because I believe that dreaming unlocks avenues of the kingdom of heaven. And we need to awaken the dreamers. So I just want to go to some verses and talk about some dreamers. So anyway, dreams awaken faith that leads to hope. And hope breathes life. And that's just what I think. When I can get somebody dreaming, and I'll just ask just rhetorical, just senseless things. Where's your dream vacation? Where would you love to go? Money's not an object. You could spend a week anywhere on the planet. And I asked Eli. He wants to go to Ireland. Eli, if you could do anything on this planet, what would you do when you grow up? If you could do anything, you have the capability, be an NBA pro basketball player. No, 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 baseball. They'll have a longer career. <laughs> I like how you think. Eli, what's your dream car? If you could have any car on the planet, what would you have? What's the car on Back to the Future? The DeLorean. DeLorean. He said DeLorean. I want a DeLorean or the Batmobile. <laughs> I like how you think. More practically, though, I'd take a Camaro. Okay, I love that. I get them dreaming. I get people dreaming because it, it awakens hope and life. And there's people in the Bible that dreamed. There's dreamers in the Bible, and I want to talk about just a few today. And then I want to talk about people in America and people throughout the world that's been dreamers, and they've seen things come to pass because of the dreams that they have. And I challenged you just a couple of weeks ago, a few weeks ago, about doing a dream list. I call it a bucket list, a dream list. Uh, wish list, whatever you want, but just put down 10 natural things that you want to come to pass before you die and 10 spiritual things. Spiritual things could be, I want my whole family, all my kids and my grandkids serving God with me in church. That could be a, 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 a spiritual one. Um, so anyway, do this list. And today I'm challenging again. If you haven't done it, you have to do it. I did this list a year ago, maybe, maybe 13 months ago. Within a few months, these dreams that were a lifetime dreams, they weren't just like, okay, I want to do this this year. These were my bucket list. I, I knocked off three of ten of them within three months. Crazy. And I just, I wrote them down. Habakkuk, he says, he says, write down your dreams. Write down your visions. He says, write it down. So write down them, okay? And, and, and sometimes we become super spiritual. And God, he is okay with you also being natural. It's okay to have some natural dreams. It's okay for my wife to want a new car. Our car is older than any one of our kids. Almost put together. If you put together ages, that's about the age of our car. That's okay. We're not worshiping the car. We're not seeking first the kingdom of the car. But it's okay that we have nice things. So the 10 natural things, I encourage you to do those first. And it will unlock the spiritual supernatural ones. I promise you. In worship, we have to reach the natural, the emotional realm. Then all of a sudden, that's unlocked. And now we reach the spiritual realm. And it's shalom. And it's, and it's glory. It's... It's, it's amazing when we reach that realm of worship. Okay, let's get to dreaming here. So Acts 2.17 says this. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Say visions. visions. And your old men will dream dreams. All right, Ephesians 3.20. And this is a version that I just want to read, but they can put whatever one up there. Ephesians 3.20, the version I'm reading says this, Now glory be to God, who by his mighty power and work within us is able to do far more than we could ever dare to ask or even dream of. He could do more than we could ask or think of. So here, I want to interrupt this and say, if you can think it, God can do it. Amen. If you can dream it, God can do it. 
His imagination, his creativity, his ability, and his resources are far greater than you could ever imagine. If you can think it, if you can dream it, if you can imagine it, if you can vision it, he can do it. So it says this. He says, more than you would ever dare to ask or even dream of, infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, or hopes. Ephesians 3.20, he can do far more than you could ever ask, think, dream, or imagine. Okay, moving on. Mark 9.23 says this. What do you mean, if I can? Jesus asked. Okay, I, I almost like, just, just for a second there, came on. He, he was probably saying something like, what are you talking about, Willis? What are you talking about, Willis? What do you mean, if I can? Now this is Jesus saying, if I can. What do you mean, if I can? He's saying, I can do anything. So here's what he says. Anything is possible if a person believes. Anything is possible if you believe. You know, God, you were created out of a thought. The world was created out of a thought. He had a thought, he spoke it into the word, and it became existence. You were a thought, he breathed life into you, he spoke you into existence, you became an existence. You were a dream, you were a vision, you were a thought of God, manifested from the breath of life in a spoken word. Let there be light. Light. Let the fish of the sea, and the, you know, on and on and on. Genesis 1, you go to it. You were a thought, you were a dream. It's not good for a man to be alone. Let me give him one. You were a thought. So going on, about some dreamers in the Bible. See, God gave Noah the dream of building an ark. God gave Abraham the dream of being the father to a great nation. He said he will father many. He gave Sarah a dream of being a mother to Isaac. Going on, God gave Joseph the dream of being a leader that would save his people in dream after dream after dream. He saw his brothers coming in and asking for food while he was still up in a, in a cave or a jail or, or some of those things. Joseph was a dreamer. And then the last one, God gave Nehemiah the dream of building a wall around Jerusalem. God speaks to people through dreams. And I'm not saying bring up these fantasy dreams and, and I want a Lamborghini. That look a little funny to have a church with a mortgage in the pastor's parking spot to be parking a Lamborghini there. It'd be a little funny. I'm not saying it's wrong if other people have done it. Whatever. Alright? It's just probably not going to be my style, but I want to dream about driving one. I want to dream about it. I want to dream about it. I'm a dreamer. You need to be a dreamer. You need to have hope come alive. Alright, so let's talk about some people with dreams. First, you had Thomas Edison. Thomas Edison was a dreamer. Anybody know his most famous invention? A light bulb. Among many, many things. And do you know how Thomas Edison received most of his inventions? He would sit in a chair. He would put ball bearings in his hands. Because when we're in REM sleep, we're dreaming. If we fall into a deep sleep, we no longer dream. So he would fall asleep in a chair throughout the day and nap through the night. And as he fell asleep, the balls would fall, drop on the floor, and wake him up. So he never went into a deep sleep. And his inventions, most of them came from dreams. And he would get up after he would have that vision or dream, and he would write it down. Research it. Thomas Edison was a dreamer. God was releasing creativity in his mind and his thoughts, even in his sleep and his dreams. Next one. The four-minute mile barrier. How many have heard of this? The four-minute mile barrier. So for a thousand years, people tried to break the four-minute mile. All right? And for a thousand years, no one could do it. Doctors, 
Scientists would actually research the body and tell people it was impossible. It was physically impossible. Your legs can't stride that much. You cannot consume enough oxygen. You can't get it. So for a thousand years, there was a barrier for the four-minute mile until one day, on May 6, 1954, a man named Roger Bannister, who was actually a medical student, studied the body, would put himself in training, and he would envision himself, he would dream himself coming through the finish line with 3.59 on the clock. And he would practice, and he would only, he only had 45 minutes a day with his studies, with his, with his schooling and everything. But he would envision, he would dream that on that clock when he came through the finish line, there would be 3 minutes, 59 seconds. So on May, what was it? May 6, 1954, Roger came across the finish line and the clock read 359.4. For a thousand years, it couldn't be broke. He broke it, and within that first year, 24 other people broke it. And since then, this was 1959, since then, they've shaved 17 seconds off the clock to now the record is 343. And now it's a common thing. Even high schoolers are getting four-minute miles. They were told it was impossible, but this man, he had a dream. He had a dream that it was possible. He believed. Let me go to another one here. I got two more. Matthew's Bose. And Bill Johnson talked about this in, in one of the, the DVDs they watched at the URSSM. And they talked about dreaming. And Bill Johnson knows the inventor of Matthew's Bose, Matthew McPherson. And Matthew McPherson in 1992, probably a little before that, he was asleep and he was dreaming. All of a sudden, in his dream, was hanging over his head the schematics for a bow. A bow and arrow. Okay? Everybody who, I, I'm assuming everybody knows what a bow is, but not everybody's a deer hunter in this room. Like me, who got an eight-point buck this year. God gives grace to the humble. I better shut up. Anyway, he has a dream where the schematics, the actual blueprint for the bow is hanging over his head. He said it was supernatural. He gets God all the glory. He wakes up. He gets a pad of pen, paper and a pen, and he writes down everything he's seeing. All of a sudden, in 1992, it led to the most revolutionary invention in archery bows that's ever seen. And it's a single cam bow that revolutionized bow hunting. From a supernatural dream that God gave him, and God even gave him the slogan, catch us if you can. He's kingdom. He's a believer. He's an amazing man. And God gave it to him in a dream. The next one, and I just want to talk about this with Martin Luther King Day coming up. And Martin Luther King Jr. and I was listening to I Have a Dream. I listen to it every year, and I love it. I, I love it. And this man had a dream, a dream that little kids could play together, a dream of unity, a dream where, where the United States would never be the same. And he has people like Abraham Lincoln basically die for it. He died for it. Martin Luther King Jr. died for it. They had a dream that they were so passionate about, they were willing to die for it. And you look through the greats, and you look through so many of the people, even men of the Bible, that they were, you look at Stephen, who was stoned to death. He had a dream of bringing heaven to earth, bringing the kingdom and the God's glory to earth, changing lives. He had a dream so much so that he was willing to die for it. Jesus, the greatest dreamer of all, he was willing to die for it. For you and me, he dreamed that one day you and I will be free, joining him in paradise. He had a dream. The Father dreamed up a plan. And the Father sent His Son, His beloved Son, to the earth to not just do some miracles and raise some dead and heal some blind eyes, but to go to a cross. He dreamed Himself on the cross. And He saw 
He knew it. He was meeting with the disciples. He was telling people, I won't be here for long. When I leave, I'll, I'll, I'll leave my spirit with you. But when I leave, one day you'll be able to join me in paradise. It's eternal life. God is saying, awaken the dreamers. Awaken the dreamers. Too many people have been given and handed and spoon-fed, but we've done nothing to steward what our forefathers, what the Father has done for us. Dayton. Many of you may know this. If you don't, it's a total shock. Dayton, the region of Dayton, holds more patents than any other city in the world. Dayton, Ohio. Yeah, just right down here. Not LA, not New York, not, not Houston, Texas, not Dallas, not Miami, not, not these big cities we think of. Dayton holds more patents of innovation, of inventions, than anybody else in the world. Dayton is a place of innovation, it's a place of dreams. Listen, if a man can stand on a hill and look at a bird and say, if a bird can do that, I want to do that. Right here in our region, if the Wright brothers can look at a bird and say, if they can do that, we can create that, we can do that, and, and see, if we can believe it, if we can see it, if we can imagine, God can do it. Amen. If you can see your family serving God with you in here, if you can see your kids being raised up in kingdom, then he can do it. If you can see freedom without alcohol, or freedom without drugs, or freedom without the entanglement of bondage, then he can do it. He did it in my life. I was suicidal, an alcoholic, addicted to pornography. I saw freedom. I saw what freedom, a glimpse of freedom, what it looked like. And I saw what Jesus did on the cross for me. And in an instant, in an encounter with God, in an experience with God, a, a tangible experience, can't explain it. In a moment, I was free. So the Wright brothers, if they can see a bird and say, if it can do that, I can do that. And even now we fight. Who gets credit, Ohio or North Carolina? <laughs> I believe the innovation came from here. We get credit. Yeah. It should be on our license plate. Hey, hey, hey. And so here's what happened. We had the, 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 the turn of the century happening. We had all these things happening. And Josh and I were talking about this. And you had these fathers who were innovative, these fathers who were hard workers. You had these fathers who dreamed up these things and set their kids up. And in the Bible, one person comes to mind, and two people, one was successful, one really wasn't. You had David set up Solomon. David was a worshiper. He set the kingdom up for Solomon. Solomon already had all the wisdom to do it. But he didn't have the heart for worship. He didn't steward what his father had laid before him. More than wisdom, more than political things, more than power, more than kingdoms. David set up a heart of worship for his son to capture, and he never captured it. You had Moses set up Joshua, and Joshua captured it. Moses had a dream of the promised land. And, and let me tell you that some dreams are hard to bring to pass. Some dreams are hard to go for. Some dreams cause some plagues. Some dreams cause some hardships. So pretty soon you got frogs jumping around, you got water turning to blood, you got all these things happening. But he said, no, let my people go. He had a dream going to Pharaoh, let my people go. So then suddenly, you know, it became this journey and the people were whining and crying and said, well, at least if I'm enslaved here, I know where my meal's coming from. And Moses is continually casting vision, continually dreaming, continually pressing in to say, no, this is worth it. Trust me, let me show you the promised land. It's milk and honey. Water turns to water. Rock turns to water. Doves fall from the sky. Bread falls from the sky. All these things 
are really cool. He says, let me show you. But something happened, he couldn't do it. So the next generation came up. Something that really didn't happen in dating, just to be really transparent and honest. The sons and the daughters and the generations to come after the innovative era of dating didn't grab hold and steward the dream and dream bigger. God's saying dream bigger. Dream bigger. Dream bigger. Your dreams are too small. Dream bigger. Joshua dreamed. And he took the people and he went to the place. And he went to the promised land and he crushed down the walls. I mean, could you imagine a guy saying, hey, God's just showing me this. If we, we just march around this city seven times and we'd be really loud in doing it, the walls are just going to fall. Could you imagine somebody telling you that? Hey, we're going to march around this building seven times a day. And then pretty soon the bank's going to show up on that seventh time and just rip up that mortgage payment. May not be a bad idea. <laughs> Happened once. But anyway, he envisioned it. He dreamed big. And then pretty soon you see what happened. The ten spies were sent in. Ten came back. Two had a positive outlook on what happened. The other eight, or was it twelve or ten spies? Twelve. Ten came back negative, right? You get the point. Then research this one. This is off the fly. Two came back and said, no, no, no. We can do this. That land's full of milk and honey. We can take them. We can do this. It took two people being positive, two people thinking optimistic, two dreamers coming back with the spies. Come on, God's ready to facilitate some dreams today. Why don't you stand with me? we can dream it, he can do it. It's time to dream, and it's time to dream big. It's time to steward what we have. It's time to seek first the kingdom of God, his righteousness, and all these things can be added unto you. I dream about that. I want to talk about two dreams, and James is going to come up in two generations. We're going to pray for you. All right? The old men, I'll, 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 I'll actually bring my dad up too. We'll go with three generations. The old man, seeing some visions, right? The young men dreaming dreams. I'm somewhere in the middle. Either way. Either way. We're going to dream and be visionaries. I, I look at that verse and I look at opportunity. James and Dad, you can come on up. I look at opportunity. Because when I think of kingdom and I think of heaven, I think of God. He says, seek first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness. And his righteousness. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All these things done to you. Have you ever imagined all things in the kingdom? Think about that for a second. Kingdom. Streets are made of gold. No recession in heaven. Unlimited resources. Grace is sufficient. Everything is within the Father's hands. Everything. There is no lack in heaven. There is absolutely no lack in heaven. None. So if you imagine this, all things be added unto you. What does all things in the kingdom really look like? I love thinking about that. I, I, I don't play the lottery. But every once in a while at work, like these guys will be like, hey, everybody's throwing down a buck to get the $250 million jackpot. You want in? We threw you in, so if you want to pay me back, it's cool. All right, fine, here's a buck. But a lot of times I don't even play. But I write down, I'll flip a piece of paper back over. If I got, after taxes, from $200 million, $8 million, 
I write down what I'm going to do with it. Sometimes I don't even play. I just love dreaming. What would I do with $10 million? So folks in Pickwick got $10 million a piece approximately. What would I do with 10 or $11 million? And I'm like, man, I'd pay off the church, pay off Indiana, Bethel, Indiana's church. I'd do this. I'd start this. Oh, this country needs this. You could literally change a country with $11 million. St. Lucia could be changed. Cuba could be changed. Mexico, our city in Mexico could literally be changed with a few hundred thousand dollars. Yes. I start dreaming. So as I, as I look at that verse for this year and I look at what this is, seek first the kingdom of God and, all, and his righteousness, all these things will be added unto you. I'm thinking, what's all? I flip my paper over. Like all things. Hmm. Yeah, this, this. Oh. <laughs> I met with my daughter the other night. She's three years old, four years old now. And I'm in bed, I just see her traveling the world. I don't know why. I just do, and I said, hey, can daddy travel with you sometime? She's like, what? I'm like, no, you're gonna travel the world. I don't know what for yet, but you're gonna travel the world. You're gonna be a world traveler changing nations. And I'm just dreaming this for her, and I'm just, I just know it. I don't know how, I don't know what it looks like. I don't know if she's going to be a speaker, book writer, artist, singer. I, I don't know. But I was like, hey, can you take Daddy on some of your trips with you? I'll travel. I'll be your travel companion. And Abby's looking at me like, yeah. <laughs> she's like, you mean get in a plane? I'm like, yeah. My kids dream. Olivia wants to be a, a, a children's doctor when she grows up. I'm not going to quench that dream. I'm going to say, good, you're going to be the best children's doctor that this world has ever seen. Because you're going to bring kingdom with it. So anyway, I just I want Dad to release some dreams over you, and I want James to release some visions over you. And we're going to close just with this gap. And, and I tell you what, I, I just want you just to hold your hands out like a gift. God's awakening dreams. If you can dream it, He can do it. It's time to dream. Your project this week, going into 2015, is write your dreams down. Write your bucket list. Ten and ten. You can do it. Yeah, on on uh, New Year's Day, I, I know Aaron wasn't, uh, uh, <clears throat> he, he had left and went home with these little girls. And uh, uh, one of the things that I that I told the church then was, and, and I gave a word to the church at, at that time, was this was going to be the year of reading. And I really felt, I mean, it was just like, I was sitting back there and God just kept telling me, telling me, telling me. Finally, I come up and I told Matt, I said, I got a word for the church. We are going to read. But I'm talking about some dreams here for you. And, and, and right now, spiritually, what I'm feeling for the church is you've got lost loved ones. You've got some out there that's doing some horrible things and you're wondering what's going to happen to them. I'm going to tell you what, this is the year. Dream it. Believe it. This is the year that you're going to come in. This is the year you're going to see them raise their hands. Amen. This is going to be the year that we can see them come in and give their life over to God. This is your year right now. I feel it in my heart, brother. This is your year. This is the year you're going to give to God. This is the year where you're going to put that other stuff behind you and step out on faith and believe God. Amen. This is the year of healing. Everybody say heal. Whether it's spiritual healing, whether it's physical healing, whether it's financial healing, this is the year of healing. I believe that right now.
Will you accept it with me? Will you dream it with me? Will you just say it's going to happen to me? Hallelujah. Pray over you. So, um, God, I pray, God, that um, God, that you're changing a mindset of humans, God, that we're not afraid of visions, that we're not afraid of change, God. Yes. I pray, God, God, I cast out a vision, God. God, that you open the eyes of the young. God, that we're no longer blinded by fear, by hate, by immaturity, God. But I pray, God, that God, that the fear of having visions is cast out. And that the knowledge gained from wisdom, God, can be spoken through, that it doesn't die with us in the grave. I pray, God, that visions begin to change families, begin to change trees, God. I pray that they begin to change a church, God. And God, that if we open our minds to new visions, God, a new way to bring in vision. I pray that you are there and you are comforting, God. Amen. All right, I just want to do one thing. And uh, many of us have been believing lies. We've become in agreement with, with the enemy. And, um, know just about curses and generational curses and word curses that's been spoken over you yeah. uh, I believe it's just time to pull down some truths from the father so whatever lies we're just gonna crush them and we're just gonna say no more no more alcoholism addiction depression those things they don't need to rule your life they're not part of your family tree they're not part of your DNA because you have the DNA of Christ you have yeah. his blood it covered you on the cross it covers you now it will cover you for eternity that is no longer your DNA you don't have to believe that so right now, just pull down truths from heaven. Pull down truths from the Father. Whatever it is that you need, just place them in your heart. Just place them in your heart. Whatever that is. Whatever lie that you'll never be out of debt, that you'll never do this. Any never statement, just crush it. Just crush it. That's a bad thing. That's negativity. We're going to speak the positive. If we believe that He can do it, if we believe that He can do it. Why don't you join me starting this week, whenever that is for you, uh, on 21 days of just pursuing God. Why don't you wake up, start with something healthy emotionally, physically, and spiritually. All right? Healthy. Something healthy. Whatever that is. Maybe maybe take a walk and then read a book and then just seek Him in prayer. Maybe worship. 21 days will change a lifestyle. 21 days will change a habit. So for 21 days, let's seek Him first in the mornings. Let's seek Him first with our lives. And let's see all these things be added up to us. Hey, have a wonderful week. If you're not in a life group, get in one. Join me next Sunday morning, 9 a.m. for Firestarters. Love you all. Be